the last time you were really scared really scared like terrified petrified that probably hasn't been happened since i was a kid <laughs> because okay mm, last time i said i've been petrified is when i was younger i had like a i wouldn't call it a nightmare because it wasn't much it was just like some weird ghostly white figure slowly descending from the sky towards me while i slept <laughs> And I experienced sleep paralysis. And that was... Jesus. So I think that was the last time I was, like, petrified. Last time I was scared. I don't know. Any time I walk the streets of London past, like, 12 a.m., I'm kind of scared. Obviously, you've been talking to your mom too much. <laughs> what? Literally, what the fuck do you expect? <laughs> Raymond, how about you? When is the last time you were really scared? I'm scared every day because I've got dreams that I need to get to. And if the Lord takes my life before then, then I don't know. That's just, that causes me anxiety, to be honest with you. But I'm not scared in the sense that like it immobilizes me or anything. I can do what I want. Um, but yeah. Okay. But when is the last time you were really like... Or like a moment. That, mo- that it actually took you off center. Hmm. Like it made you feel like, damn, I need to take a pause real quick. Like this is fucked. I don't know if I can, if I can get past this. You're going to have to give me a moment because generally speaking, I don't really take much things seriously. Um, but aside from what I've just said, um, I don't know, to be honest with you. Like in terms of fear, that's the most, that's the most scariest thing for me. I'm trying to think of something that really frightens me. And obviously you've got fears of like animals and stuff, but that's... It's just irrelevant. I, I can't really give you one, to be honest with you. I'm sorry, bro. No, I think, no, I think um, I've missed something. Your answer was actually quite, If I so if I'm to think about this correctly, your fear is is continuous because you're ambitious and you, you're scared of not being able to complete your ambitions. Basically, yeah. Okay. And Amy, how about you? It depends. There's a moment when I was last petrified, but then there's been like a series of emotions in which... I am scared. So when I injured my back, so my, I grew up with my mom who has back issues. She's in chronic pain and all of this. So it kind of triggered my fear of like being like that. Um, but the time I was last petrified was when I was in Jamaica. And I just, these guys were inviting us to a party and I said no. And then they kept calling us and saying, don't worry, we won't rape you. <laughs> And wow. they knew where we lived. Red and flags. we were so high. We were in a tree house in the middle of Jamaica. And I was like, this is it. This is how we die. Like, because they, they, they were on the phone and there was like 20 men. They were like, we're waiting for you. We're not going to the club without you. But I Googled this club and it didn't even exist. And it was in the village. And I was like, you must think I'm cracked. Like, and that was a lot. Like, we, were, me and my friend were in bed. Shake it. Like, I was just, because you know when you just, you realize you are nowhere that you know. Like we, uh, we were just shook. 
we yeah to the point we didn't even go pee because we were scared <laughs> what you were scared that they were going to meet you outside yeah because it, we had to go outside to go to the hut to pee was it like a community thing or was it just you guys in a hut just in the village somewhere no it was like some white man who's spent his retirement building random huts in the middle of a hill and sells them to tourists okay. so i wasn't like middle of nowhere but like it was still like unknown territory which leads us nicely to the topic. <laughs> which leads us, thank you very much, which leads us nicely to the topic. Now, hello everyone listening. This is another episode of I Inner Voices. Um, I am your host, Noah, aka DJ Ark Nemesis. Name is still under review. <laughs> you can laugh, it's fine. <laughs> How many is this now? How many... Names. Names. Mm. Listen, I changed my name. I'm I'm currently at the. Um, I never know the, who to tag on Instagram. I know. <laughs> people always people. Pe- you know what happens because my Instagram is private, so people don't follow me because they're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And then they realize who it is, and they're like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "Yeah, my that's bad." What they tell you. I should have. T- that's what they tell. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow. They're like, "Oh yes." Yeah, so you're no. triggering me right now. <laughs> okay, so. Today's topic is the fear of the unknown. Um, we're going to try and make this as interesting for you guys as possible. So we didn't introduce everybody earlier. So very briefly, I'm going to just ask um, for Madiolu. Can you introduce yourself? Uh, tell the people what you do. Okay. Um, my name is Adiolu, a.k.a. Ade for short. I am an English literature joint honors of creative writing student. And yeah, that's... That's what I do. And I guess I do a lot of writing too because that's my like desired career, I guess. Well, like playwriting or stories or... Well, when you're trying to be a writer, you rea- you slowly start to realize that like the less you do, the less money you make. So you do everything. So I kind of <laughs> do it and as much as I humanly can. I've <laughs> More recently, I've been trying to get mm. into script writing because I didn't know any script writing going to uni. So yeah, I've kind of left prose behind for a while to focus on script writing and don't talk to me about poetry because I either hate poetry at any given time or I'm writing extremely sad poetry. There's Aww. no in between. Personally, I feel like you're a bit of a hater because I'm, I love poetry and you always have this critique of poetry. You know, I have this critique of poetry because when other people do poetry, it's fine. When I do poetry, it's, it feels like I'm, it feels like my skin is literally peeling off my body slowly. Damn, you sure you don't like poetry? <laughs> <laughs> that was poetic. It was And I don't think I'm bad at poetry. So I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Raymond, um, my name's Ray. I'm a philosophy student. I make music from time to time. My at is blue, shameless plug, at blue with a free blood with a free at the end as well. Yeah, Raymond sent me a um, preview of his news, of his latest song. And I can tell you that at the end of this episode, when it's released, I'll play it. Um, it's a nice song. Now, I listened to the snippet. I haven't listened to the official track. But by, at the end of this episode, I'll um, play the track so that you guys can enjoy it. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a SoundCloud rapper. I hope not, because if you no, listen, no. if you ask me to support you, I we're, we're going to evolve from that, bro. I need Dutch. I need Wanga. <laughs> and Amy. Mm. I'm Amy. I do my master's in African studies at SOAS. I don't write or anything. I, I do extracurricular activities. The end. Nice to meet you all. 
extracurricular activities always sounds dodgy. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it is. <laughs> what did you say? It sounds like drugs. It sounds like drugs. Everything sounds it's like drugs. That, doesn't it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's the generation we're part of. Everything sounds like we're just doing drugs. But aren't we? World and drugs. I mean. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, the first. Um, today's not going to be much actual questions. We're just going to be thinking of the concept of the unknown. Josh found an interesting anecdote. Um, and I felt it would be good to introduce the episode with this. There was So I'll read it out. There was a man who chose to stay in a Japanese concentration camp during World War II and be executed rather than go free because he didn't know what would happen to him if he was freed. What do you make of that statement? Or that yeah, statement? Well... Go on. I was just going to say, um, I, I want to get a bit more clarity. So he wasn't sure what would happen if he was freed, but I can understand if you escape a concentration camp, they'll probably do a lot worse than what would happen if you just stayed. But he was free initially, right? Or So he was in the concentration camp oh, after the was. war. Okay. And uh, his choice was to be executed or he could, get, he could yeah. go away and do whatever he wanted. Uh, go away in the sense of escape. Escape, yes. Okay, I can understand where he's coming from, but at the end of the day, life is the most precious thing, right? And if you're guaranteed death, um, perhaps maybe in a less like horrific way, if you stay there, you might be able to live. You know, there's many people that lived, even escaped concentration camps. But I can understand he's fair. That's what, I guess, encapsulates most people nowadays. You know, a bigger evil. Yeah, I can kind of understand, like, not wanting to take that risk and just kind of, accepting your fate but at the same time it's like i guess i guess me and him must just be different people because i'm not the kind of person who can like kind of just lie there and die because mm. if i if i tried to lie there and die it would just feel like a giant waste of my life because you don't know what that guy could have done if he'd left you don't know how he could have contributed to other people's lives it just seems like a waste but obviously fear is kind of crippling to some people so it's interesting you say that because in this um, example, the aim of the example is to give you the aim is to give you a situation in which somebody could have been free, but because of his um, fear of what was going to happen after he was free, he rather just stayed there and die, right? And you've like Adil, you have said that you are not like this guy because if it was you, you would have actually left. But if we bring this into the real world. Are you the kind of person who would actually always leave? Or are you the kind of person who would always try and stay because you don't want to know what's happening, what's, what goes on next? Well, are we talking about concentration camp? Or no, just no, no, like... no, no. The concentration camp is an analogy for okay, life, okay. let's say. I tend to be on the side of uh, controlled risks. So if I'm in a situation where I'm comfortable and I w- I'm, I'm, I'm considering going into a different situation, I always have to think about like, you know, what are the benefits, what are the possible, like, negative aspects, you know, is the risk I'm taking potentially worth, you know, the possible, like, failures, which is why I'm kind of slow to take a lot of risks, because I think about them for a long time. But are you being slow? Are you afraid? It's not so much fear of what would happen, in so much as fear of wasting my time. But aren't you wasting your time thinking about it for so long? If time is precious. You could definitely say I am. Which is... Which means either way, I kind of don't win. Mm. 
Because either I could just do something instantly and find out I wasted my time, or I could think about it for a while and then realize I wasted my time thinking about it. Because I, there's not really any way, for, any way for me to win. You could do it. And I don't think that then you learn and perhaps you get your intended outcome. I think that's always the better option, in my opinion, to um, do what you want, especially when you're young anyway. But of course, like he said, controlled risks. It's really abstract, you know, we're talking about things. I don't know um, when he says controlled risks. His controlled risks might be reckless risks for me. So I'm quite, I'm a bit unsure of like where the boundaries are at the moment. But um, I personally say I definitely just go. Um, so as long as I'm sure I want that, I think a failure is doing things or not doing what you want to do as opposed to not failing in life, you know, like passing an exam. That could be a failure if you wanted to go to dance school and you could have potentially made it big, in my opinion. Yeah, the fun thing is there are some risks where it's like it takes maybe all of a day to realise, yeah, this is worth the risk. Oh, yeah, this is not worth the risk. Mm. So the when it concerns things like goals and stuff, anything that will get me closer to like life goals usually is like the the payoff is way higher than the possible failures. So it's usually that's usually not much thinking there. The param let's okay let's set uh, a parameter let's set parameters in this room right. We'll start with you, Amy, and then I'll ask you the question after. When, what is your threshold for like let's say adventure? Because I'm looking at adventure as uh, I'm using adventure in a vague way to 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 explain going through with something even though you're scared. Mm-hmm. Even though you're f- you're afraid, how like if you had to put it from one to ten, how high would you say your your likeliness to go for adventure is in the face of a like fear? Hi, it just depends on the situation. To be honest, that's it. Like I don't, I can't put it out. You know when people say, "Oh, you hurt yourself." From a scale of one to ten, how much does it hurt? But how do I know that my ten is your ten? Yeah, that's very true. So it's hard to put a number on such an abstract. Yeah, actually, okay, there's a slight anecdote for that. There was a time I was getting, like, my hair relaxed, which, Why? if you don't know, basically <laughs> in, basically involves putting chemicals in your hair that, like, soften it, and it hurts like hell. Mm. And then Noah asks me, like, how much is the pain currently? Because you're supposed to, like, get it off your head before <laughs> it starts hurting too hard. And he asks me how bad is the pain, and I'm like, eight? And he's like, okay, we probably should go wash it off now. And afterwards, we realized we should have left it on way longer. <laughs> and he's like, you know, why would you tell me it was an eight? And I'm like, because it was an eight, <laughs> but I can kind of deal with an eight for like five minutes. <laughs> because, because you see, I'm, I'm different. So when I got my hair dyed in, in Christmas, the lady was like, the lady put the relaxer on my hair. And, no, what was it? The bleach. She put the bleach on my head and it already felt, it was burning. Mm, like ants. Running on your yeah. fire ants running on your skull. But the way my brain works is when she, even when it was burning, burning, I still felt it was like a five. Because I, was, I'm, I like pain sometimes. It's weird, I know. But I still, yeah, some muscle shit, muscle mm. kissed, you know, I'm joking. But no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but I like. It's okay, it's a safe space. <laughs> I like pain sometimes. So when he said eight, in my head, it was like, oh. Yeah, it was like, shit, you're going to die. Be, yeah. <laughs> Whereas he was probably at my four. Mm. 
um, actually, Amy, I'll throw this one to you. In your individual situation, because change is a constant, is a, like change always happens. How do you like? Do you ever find ways where you are trying to avoid evolving? Like, do you ever find yourself intent? Like, let's say, let me give you an example. It's too abstract. Mm. If there's a job opening, mm. the job is in China, mm. and you've never been to China, you've never been out of England, but the job is what you've always wanted. Mm. Does it hold you back from applying? Your fear? Probably. I mean, I don't even apply for jobs around the corner, so yes. <laughs> um, but I think there's always context to it so for me personally why I wouldn't take that job is like maybe personal reasons like family relationships like there's more to it and that's why I was thinking about your example of the concentration camp it's not so much should I pick to die now or risk what's out on the out like on the outside he's in a concentration camp you don't know all his family could be dead he could have watched them starve to death at what point do you even want to live you know like what makes life worth living for you so I think context is always key to when it comes to your fears. But do you feel like this, like trapping yourself in... Actually, wait, do you feel like you're trapped by this... By these, um, Aren't we all trapped by everything? So you we wouldn't... actually have a choice in every... Like we have to grind, we have to have aspirations. So that's the trap in itself. You find freedom in the trap, but it's all the trap. But moving to a different continent mm. for your dream job is... It's an it's an escape from the trap, but it's on it's an unknown it's an unknown escape. Mm -hmm. So why would you let your family obligations, relationship, and so on get in the way? Are you actually doing it because of them, or are you doing it? Are you using them as an excuse to not go through with it? See again, it just depends on how you value what you want. Some people, you know, they want to look after their parents, like maybe getting a great job that maybe they've dreamed of but in something in a continent or a country that they, they're not familiar with they don't want that so it's not so much like, oh my fear is getting in the way it's like i don't really want to live there but that's your dream job well it's not because it's in china <laughs> <laughs> what do you have against china <laughs> yeah, got nothing against. this is the example you gave <laughs> Somebody mentioned something earlier when we're doing pre-production, so I'll bring this up after this. Um, Raymond and Olu, do you have anything to retort to that um, that example? Like, if you are put in a situation where you have to leave everything behind and go to somewhere like we we'll use China again that you have never been before, your experiences you're going to leave all your experiences back home. How likely are you to take that opportunity? Depends on where. If you're saying China, if, if you're okay. yeah, that's right, exactly because if you're saying, oh, I get to go do my dream job in like Jamaica or like hey, Spain, what's Jamaica? no, let me finish, let me finish, like Jamaica or Spain. I'm like, all right, cool, sure, why not? That's not like it's not that deep, honestly. If you tell me China, on the other hand, I might just have to turn that down because no offense to China, but. I'm not the type of person who can handle being like more or less the only black person within three miles in a country. I can't I can't deal with that shit. But it's exciting though. It's not exciting in the slightest. I just 
Obviously, you some like be- pain, my friend. <laughs> some people might take that choice. You might take that choice, but for me, it's nah. <clears throat> I like my I like my life very like <clears throat> chill, relaxed as much as humanly possible. Having to like navigate racial stuff on top of my job, dream job stops it from being my dream job. And really, so I guess now just but just to sum up what I've just heard before I go on to what I think, I think we've sort of got a feel for the boundaries you know people's individual boundaries um and for me if you say it's my dream job and is it in my dream country as well or no it's just my dream job it's just your dream job it's just my dream job well i probably wouldn't take it because i i have other things that i value equally to my job such as the culture and whatnot but if it was in a dream country and i had responsibilities or responsibilities i felt i had then you know there's a tension then i probably will take it the reason why I wouldn't take it in China is because I feel like the cultural shift is too big for me. I wouldn't mind going there for a bit, maybe a few weeks, but culture shock is a real thing. And I like being, st- I like risks and adventure and stuff, but I like being stable at the same time. So um, as Ade said, it wouldn't be my dream job anymore. Um, I'd have to pass up on that. But how do you, okay, this is the thing, right? What I'm getting from you guys is you wouldn't, you've already made an assumption right you've made an assumption that you're not going to be able to fare well in this place i didn't say that no i mean <laughs> but by by being like it's china so you don't understand china you don't understand this new world how you don't know if you get to that you get there and you discover that oh this is actually a sick place what you're going off is the stereotypes and the mindset you already have that maybe like like ade said it might be racist too many other people that are not black. My beef it's is true. my beef is not even that they're not black. My beef is just that they most people in China, let's be honest, have probably never known a black person personally. And somebody might be able to deal with all the questions that that kind of relationship would bring up, but I'm not. After like two or three days, or maybe a week or two, of ants of like dealing with people's curiosity on that kind of subject. I just get tired, and I'd st- I'd probably start getting a bit too like antisocial. I just probably I'm kind of person who like if the outside pisses me off, I might just stay in my house. I guess that's a valid reason, um, and that kind of is sort of a rebuttal to Noah's objection because um, that's a reason to show that we can sort of extrapolate. We can see from our environment now what it potentially may be in another environment we don't have to necessarily be there although no you do have a valid point that if we go there it might be the best experience ever but we can still extrapolate i like, i know for a fact if i go to china there's going to be very little things that are going to change me because of how they operate there i'm going to come back and if i'm there for a few weeks that is i'm going to come back and things that used to be normal to me are going to seem absurd and that cultural shift is going to shift me in a way i'm unsure of and that uncertainty there for me is something that I'm not willing to, you know, bank upon, if that makes sense. And many people do it, but just not me. Yeah, and if you're not certain that this is like where I want to live, who has the financial stability to take that risk? Oh, let me just uproot my whole life, change my whole life course to see if it will work. What if it works? But what In an alternative universe, mm. it works. Promise well, then why don't I take any job that's offered to me? Like, it's up to you if you want that job. Like, it could work, it could not, but who, I don't, you know, imagine, up, I can't, can't even uproot my life to Southampton, how am I going to uproot to China? 
in case it might work out mm. unless it's perfect why take like why it's not even a risk i don't want that yeah the question of what if it works is equally as valid as what if it doesn't there's a list of countries i turned down some of them for like the most benign reasons i turned down egypt i turned down like you probably only have a handful of countries you'd not turn down right yeah any country with like a similar okay i turned down america i wouldn't turn down canada Mm. I'd turn down probably Brazil. I wouldn't turn down like Argentina, Ecuador. I'm not sure. I, don't, I might have to Google those countries. And okay. So let me, first of all, how would you turn down Brazil and then not? Well, because you saw City of God. Is it because you saw City of God? Is that, is, okay. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to go off topic. All I'm saying is I have severe disagreements with a certain person who is who now has a lot of power in Brazil who might have disagreements with me. Fair enough. Uh, he's talking about the president. Does anybody know his name? Bolsonaro. De- Say that again? Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro. Ooh, that has that... Um, I don't know if I'm saying it right. I'm just falling back on GCSE Spanish. <laughs> and Spanish is close to Portuguese. I was so. going to say, they don't <laughs> even speak Spanish in Brazil. <laughs> okay. Let's take this. Let's kick this up a notch. Are you guys religious here? Any of you? Yeah. 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 Question. <laughs> it's okay, a complicated well, question. What? Okay. Um, when I say religious, I mean mainstream. Believe in God. Yeah. Do we all believe in God here? White More Jesus or, less. or God? Wow. <laughs> Probably God. Okay. Because I have problems with this. I, I, okay, um, not why Jesus, of course, mm. but a Christian. Mm. You believe in no, not forget Christian. You believe in uh, existence of a higher power, higher power Does beyond beyond the force of human Myself. control. Yeah, although maybe not how we imagine it. Yeah. Okay, so are you guys scared of death? Oh, hundred no. percent. So wait, Ray, Ray what did you say? No. You're not scared of death? Not really. I'm coming honest. back to you. <laughs> Amy? Didn't you say you're scared? I'm scared of dying before I accomplish my dreams. So not is that death. not death? No, dying before you accomplish your dreams is different. I mean, if I die when I'm 18, I've done everything I want to. You know, live the full life, life full of meaning. I don't mind dying. I don't mind. If it was the case that I wanted to achieve this by 40, again, I still wouldn't mind. Touch wood. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, not not accomplishing your dreams is something that frightens me a lot because this we've got one life right uh, everyone's going to die so I think things that are inevitable shouldn't be feared at all otherwise you're just wasting energy that can be directed into you know doing something with the time you have left so for me it's ne- it's using that time as opposed to when that time comes to an end okay now we know that religion is usually the reason I asked about religion right is Religious organizations, um, they preach, I feel they preach a lot of fear, which is repent now for the end is coming. For, well, they even know. say you have to fear God. Like Yeah. I was brought up being, I was brought up meant to fear God. Mm. I don't. No, 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 no. He knows, he knows. He's cool. <laughs> well, he knows now. <laughs> they know. He or she, they know. They're cool. But the reason I'm asking is because from a, Human, from a religious point of view, mm. fear is sold to people in these con- like in these religious contexts. But how often, how much do you feel religion is one of the big causes of people's lack of like ambition and drive to greater heights, Not so to speak? Much. I think religion 
I think everyone was always scared of death in the first place because it's it's just natural to be scared of death. I think what religion did, however, is kind of weaponize that fear. So I don't think it really stops people from like shooting for their goals and everything. I think more what it does is that it t- kind of twists some people's fears and uses it to like for the benefit of other people. So it uses this to the benefit of other people. Mm-hmm. That think, idea that you need to always... It's a preoccupation with a part of life that we will never know until we die. Like, what will happen after you die? That's what we... Sp- we sp- this was my problem with Christianity and it's why I kind of strayed away from the church. Because it's like... Ooh, lost sheep. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, why am I going to spend my whole time on this earth worrying, planning going about my day fearing all of that for something that for, for the afterlife like if i will go to heaven or not i won't know until i die so why am i going to waste my time thinking about that now i live true to myself i'm not going to go murder i'm going to shoot up the uni so i'm sure like in i always say like all those little things that we worry about that oh god might judge us for and therefore we won't be entering the pearly gates of heaven i'm sorry but if god's that bitter I'm a good person. If he's like, oh, but you had sex before marriage, I don't want to be in your heaven. Like, I just don't want to preoccupy myself with something I will never know until I'm dead. It's a waste of time. Why not yeah. focus on now? Because God's like, God's standards essentially is a big topic of like debate for me within my own head. Because it's like, when you read the Bible and everything, it makes, it, first of all, like religious people are lying to themselves if they think any of them are getting to heaven because by the rules that those books set out you're all you're all done already you're all screwed because you've been wearing clothes with several different like fabrics on them you've been doing other like random like just insignificant things that the book was like don't do it but then also you don't even know if you can trust a book because like the bible especially was originally written in hebrew right i assume at least most of it how many translations are they until they got to English? How, why are there different versions of the Bible? It's you. It's not like a trustworthy source. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm literally like, either God is extremely, extremely like strict on what gets you into heaven, in which case no human being is getting to heaven anyway. Might as well just enjoy your life while you're here. Or his parameters are a lot more reasonable, in which case you can just kind of get in by not, being a you know giant piece of shit while you're alive see you're saying he though so like god said this is my rules but at the end of the day who wrote the bible yeah exactly so is this not that is the bible not just a representation of humans fears of living a good life of what might happen after death so therefore you know god will probably want us to be modest or not drink you know like all of these things to me it comes out more as like a human fear of yeah. trying to meet a standard, you know, and then we wrote it yeah. down. Because the only... I th- I'm not sure. I haven't, like, like looked at the Bible properly in a, in a while. But if I remember, like, the only real book in the Bible where it's, like, God directly said, write this down, supposedly, is, I think, Revelations. Most of them seem... I don't remember them being literally word for word written down. They were just kind of... This is what he said. I had a dream. Yeah, and in like that, that dream, I'm not gonna lie. Revelation messed up my childhood. Oh, me too. 
no, actually no, not the opposite. Actually, Revelations slightly s- scared me for a while, and then afterwards I was like, "This is the coolest thing ever." Okay, there are seven-headed dragons. <laughs> that okay, that's tough. Four horsemen. Listen, this Georgia, is, I think sick. I think based on Revelation, Georgia R. Martin and God would get along because it's say. it's just okay. So when I was when I was a kid, um, I was terrified of life. I wasn't at first because I was one of those kids who's like reasonably just fuck it just do anything I want to do but then the adults and society start to put all these fears on you oh you're gonna go to hell because God is not happy with you now here's this book where this seven headed dragon is going to drag you and finish you and by the way only 15,000 of the billions that have existed in the history of the world might get into heaven might that's if God is in a good mood that day (laughs) As a kid, it's just, I felt hopeless. And that hopelessness, I feel, um, I don't know how you guys feel, but that hopelessness really made me feel scared of life. That unknown of what happens after. And especially when you speak to your parents for the first time about the afterlife, because as a kid, you expect your parents to know everything. And you realize how little they know about it. You're like, whoa, this is this is too much. So do you think you only worry about the afterlife because you've been educated to worry about the afterlife? Do you think it would be a concern if you weren't brought up Christian and fed this rhetoric? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think to a very large extent, yes. Because what is like, uh, I think Ray can attest for this. In sixth form... Um, I was we, very religious for context. Oh, I was so religious. I went from Christian to extreme Muslim. Not extreme like, oh, yo, feds, listen. <laughs> Not extreme like that, but I was... Yeah, now, nah, because you I, you guys are laughing, but okay. Okay, you guys are laughing. You don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> like, it, so I went... Okay, what was I saying? He stopped eating pork for a while. Oh, wow, I stopped eating pork. But yeah, the whole point I was fun. making was we were so religious in sixth form. And this, the, the crazy thing is, especially like me and Ray, we were so abstract in our thinking. We just wanted to explore like other thoughts, other points of view. Like, is there more than this? But at the same time, there was this fear always there. Like, if I move too much to a certain point, I might be straying away too much and then there's no coming back. Can you just ask for forgiveness? Is now it works? Oh, forgiveness is long, man. I'm sorry, God. You ask for forgiveness like you. ten times a day. From when we were younger till now, Ray, because obviously, from from what I can see, you have reached a level of peace and just accepting the way life is. How did you? What was the jump between that re- really religious Raymond who was always with the Bible and arguing, and now what? What changed? I think. Um Back then, I wasn't really, I was thinking, but I was thinking within like a sort of contained environment. I wasn't, you know, you're taught to not entertain certain thoughts. You're meant to deny your flesh. So you're constantly like in a battle with yourself. You know, if you if you see a, a hot girl and you, you know, you think of her in a sexual way, then it's bad. You know, you've committed a sin already. If you, you can't talk, well, you can talk to girls, but not in a certain way. You can't have sex before marriage. All of these things, any thoughts that come in your mind, it's bad. Um, all of that nature obviously can't drink all of those things there that's the sort of like container I was in okay if this comes to me then you could ignore it and it's sort of like a it's like you know like those hamsters in their cages and they go on that rat the, the wheel thingy they just go round and round they don't explore well they do but in my analogy they don't explore around 
and that's how it was. But then when I started to realize that, hold on a second, um, this is my body. Of course, you know, there's morality, but most people say that uh, morals are innate. So it's not as if if I didn't believe in God, I'd be like some criminal or something. I'm not going to commit some crazy crimes. So, but I was still denying my flesh and I wanted to do other things, i.e. sex before marriage. Um, and I felt as though it didn't make sense to me as to why I couldn't do that. You know, I couldn't really see the connection there and it started from there. And then I just started exploring my thoughts in general, just analyzing everything. And then eventually, I guess I kind of just like left it as that for a few years. Didn't really think much about it. So you could tell it was a bit circular, I don't know. And then eventually I came to see life as this sort of thing where it's just like, for me, I think we're just animals, to be honest with you, essentially just animals. Higher animals are intelligent. And I feel like religion is sort of a safety net for people. They were talk you were talking about um, religion causing fear of striving for your goals. And I agree with that because in a way, it's not a bad thing. Religion's a good thing, don't get me wrong. But I think at the same time, religion is a safety net as in, let the weak say I'm strong, let the poor say I'm rich. You know, it's a threshold, a low threshold for everyone to be content with their lives. And I feel as though humans sort of want to strive to better themselves. So there's sort of a disconnect in that way. Of course, religion allows everybody to have some faith. Yeah, okay, I'm suffering now, but only for maybe another 30 years. Um, when I die, God is going to see what I've suffered. My suffering is going to pass me into heaven. But then at the same time, it sort of restricts your thinking and it causes you to have this disconnect where you want to do things, like I said before, but you can't do them. And I think that disconnect there sort of like an area where things can arise like tensions for example I wanted to do things and I felt in the church I just felt sort of like I was not meant to be there or I was an imposter because I felt this way but this is how everyone feels oh I felt so, that imposter syndrome in the church is insane so hope you enjoyed listening to that that was the end of part one um, part two will be out next week is I mean to be fair it's not actually part one and two it's just that I really don't want to make the like, i don't want to break my promise of keeping it on the under 40 minutes so um the song of the week will be will be with the second part when it's released next week so yeah i hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation this is one of the ones from like the vaults um this that one doesn't it doesn't make use of the new format yet um but yeah peace